The big question is this, how do we live a life that is unapologetically ours? The summer of 2020, I was struggling. I was facing bankruptcy as my reselling empire was crumbling around me due to the financial constraints caused by COVID-19. I decided to stop trying to hold the weight of the world on my shoulders and get free. I sold off everything. I bought a first class ticket to Mexico and with no source of income and only a few thousand dollars, I went on an adventure. What happened next? Well, my name is Keely Swicky, and welcome to Tacos and Tattoos. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Tacos and Tattoos. Today I'm going to share with you my dating standards that I created after over a decade of abusive and horrible relationships. Just utter settling for way less than I deserved. And so as I move into relationship and life coaching, I've really been digging into the last 10 years of my relationships. What went wrong? What I, what the habits I had, the mindset that I was in and what And trying to identify exactly what it is that shifted that allowed me to heal the anxious attachment style, that allowed me to set boundaries and feel safe setting those boundaries, that allowed me to recognize where the abuse was coming from and ultimately know that that when things fell apart in a relationship, even though I didn't want them to, it wasn't entirely my fault. I We can take as much responsibility for the things that we have in our control, but oftentimes the things that were causing it to fall apart were not in my control. So I think I have 15 of them that I've created after hours and days and probably weeks, the last few months of really exploring this. And I think we'll break this up because there's 15 of them. We'll break it up into like five per an episode, though it doesn't get too long, because I'm going to talk about why why these are important, each one of them. So we'll start with number one. Number one is my sexual energy is sacred and valuable, and I don't give it away easily. So the reason this is number one is because I feel like women often have sex too soon in a relationship, And I know that in my early 20s, this was something where I had two really toxic mindsets about around this. One, I figured that I should just get it over with. And if that way, if he's bad at it, then I could bounce before I was too emotionally invested. And two, I felt obligated to have sex with someone early on because they were nice to me. I don't know where this came from. Now that I'm like 32 years old, I look back at some of these things and the times I was like literally guilt tripped and having sex with someone and I'm just sick with myself. I hope I'm not the only, I I know I'm not the only one that's been guilt tripped and having sex, but it's just like a real thing. And also you give away so much power when you give your sexual energy to someone that doesn't yet deserve it. And as I've gone along my healing journey, I really truly believe that those energies, like if you have sex with someone that is has really bad internal energy and it will get stuck to you, especially if you're empathetic like I am, 
And I was, when I started, I guess it was four years ago, I started doing Reiki and I started doing Reiki in order to heal money issues. But what I found was that it wasn't money issues I was having. It was that I had all this past, they call them cords, out all these cords and other people's energy stuck to me still. And so I went through this whole process of cord cutting and at the first, like in the beginning, I believed I was like so skeptical. I was like, this is not going to work. This is some woo woo shit right here. But I remember it was probably my second or third session and I was just laying there like half asleep and this is stupid. And all of a sudden the lady who was doing it opened a window. She opened a window and I, as soon as, immediately, as soon as she opened that window, I remember this feeling, this feeling of like pure emotional energy come up from my stomach and it just like came up my chest and I started sobbing uncontrollably, like sobbing in a way that I don't normally sob. Even when I'm like super sad, it was just a lot of emotion that came up and I don't know how else to explain that except for that was a real thing that happened to me. <laughs> and ever since then, I do Reiki every now and then, especially between relationships, because I just believe that you, because sex is such a, such a emotionally powerful and connected thing, like thing that you do, that that energy just gets stuck to you. And I didn't understand this until recently, and I'd been carrying around all that funky energy from all those guys. And yeah, now when I start dating someone, I absolutely will never, I I don't have like a hard and fast rule, like I'm not going to have sex with someone until after 21 dates or three months or whatever, but it's definitely not something I give away easier, easy as easily as I did before, because I know how valuable it is. And I also know that I'm looking for men that are, that have the value that they want to be good at the things they do. So sex is inherently going to be something where it's like a little awkward at first because you're trying to figure each other out, but they're going to have the belief that they're going to be trying to learn how to do it well with you. And so now I don't worry about that second thing where it's like, well, if they're bad, I'm just going to bounce. No, it's like a process of learning each other and connecting. Okay. And number two, I don't chase. I sit back, trust the process and allow good things to come to me easily. Um, it used to be when I was dating that I, especially after my, my fiance, uh, and I was dating on the apps, I was like trying to be so impressive. Like I knew I was impressive. So I was the one fishing and ladies, you don't need to fish. You don't need to fish. They, they are fishing and they catch you and you go, oh, okay, maybe man, we're with own bag. Okay. I'm going to let myself off the hook and go, <laughs> but no, I used to like come forward with like, Oh, I have a bachelor's degree and I have a business and I have two cars and I'm financially stable and I know how to cook. And I was like leading with all my stuff. Now when I get on the apps, like the apps in Mexico are like amazing. Like I don't know about the U S I, I Tinder is like the place to be in Mexico and you find like 
It's not like the hookup zone. It's actually real nice. Like there's a lot of really good quality people on there. And I've been on some really lovely dates in all sorts of cities with really lovely people. And I don't say much on the first date. Like I do a lot of listing. Actually, for the first couple of weeks, I do a lot of listing. And yeah, I'll like tell them a little bit about myself, but I hide the good stuff. Like I want to know that they're worth my energy to like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. Like, I already know I'm awesome. So I don't put out all of my cool stuff. And I definitely don't give them anything that someone who is emotionally manipulative or narcissistic can use against me. This is also a mistake I made early on where I would tell them all about myself, all my values, all the things I like, like really early on. And they would love bomb or they would use stuff against you. Like, you know, if you say, oh, I have this past bad habit of doing this in relationships in later weeks, later, a month later, whatever, they will use that shit against you. And I just learned not to offer any of it until I really get to know someone. So I'm definitely that I'm sitting back. I'm not chasing. I'm not like, Oh, do you want to hang out today? No. Like if they want to pursue me, they can pursue me. Otherwise all I have to go have to go do is sit in a park and a bunch of guys will come up to me and want to talk to me. Like I don't need to chase anybody. Like I now know my worth and I, I trust the process that the universe will keep bringing me people until I learn the lessons I need to learn until the, the right one comes to me. Okay. Number three, my time is my most valuable asset. I don't have time for men who don't respect my time. So I remember, oh, I don't know how many years it was ago, but I was in my little apartment hood river behind my vintage store. And I had started dating this guy who was teaching me tango. This is how I started dancing tango. And this is how I've been all these things. Like really, you just got to go through these things because they all lead to the most amazing thing. Because I met this guy and he, at the time I was dancing salsa and bachata and he danced Argentine tango and he taught me the basics of Argentine tango. And I started going to Portland with him and we go to socials and all these things. And so when I came to Mexico, I came to Mexico because of a different guy because I was dancing salsa with him. And I was like, Oh, I'll just go to Mexico and like this. And then now I came to Querétaro because I wanted to study tango again in a school that was in a bigger city. So I ended up coming here anyway. Uh, but this guy was, he would come like, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock and we would dance tango in my back room in my store. It had like a nice enough floor for it. And he would come like once or twice a week and we'd have dinner and hang out. And like one night I was, I don't know, I was just like really wanted to see him. And he then didn't call me. He's like, we had a date set up. He's supposed to come. And I, I was waiting for him, waiting for him, pacing the floor. Then an hour goes by. He hasn't called me, texted me, nothing. And finally he gets a hold of me and he's like, oh, sorry, I'm not going to make it today. Just like that. Oh, I'm not going to make it today. An hour late. And I was upset and I was like, okay, whatever. And I hung up the phone and I was crying on the floor. I was just crying on the floor, like sobbing. And I was so upset that he didn't value me or my time enough to have the respect to like, re- he didn't even, it was like one of those things where they don't even like plan to reschedule, like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow, whatever. No, it's just like, oh, I'm not coming today. That was it. 
And I was just so heartbroken over this because I really liked him. I really liked this special thing we had going on. And he didn't value it as much as I did. But you know what? I still waited around the next time he said he wanted to hang out. I still made plans with him the next time. And even recently, I a, a flip that I've had is I don't wait for guys anymore. Like if they're don't call me or text me and they're 20 minutes late, I bounce. I'm not going to be where they, where I said I was going to be. I'm going to go do something else. I have my own life. I'm not waiting around. And if they are going to be over 45 minutes late, it, even if they communicate, I'm going to cancel the date and we're going another night. Like my, I'm not waiting around for guys anymore. I have waited so much for men to show up and I've been so puppy eyed. Like, Oh, I just want to see you. And as someone that had recovered from an anxious attachment style, like those games of, um, being late, playing hot and cold, like showing up maybe, but not showing up. Like that stuff wrecks you when you have an anxious attachment style. So I just spent way too much time like tolerating that. I even had a boyfriend who I would make dinner for. And we've been dating for like well, a month or two. And I started making dinner for us. And he would show up an hour and a half late without calling or texting an hour and a half late and I would be anxious and anxious and anxious and then I'd be so happy to see him. I was just like, I just want him to show up. No, not anymore, girl. Like, I don't have <laughs> that anymore. No way. I will eat by myself or I will put that food away and I will eat it the next day by myself and I'm going out to have a glass of wine and do my own shit because I am not tolerating it anymore. There's just no it's so I would never do that to someone else, let alone now I don't allow that to, have, to anyone treat me that way. Okay, number four, I don't give more than I receive ever, and that doesn't make me a selfish person. So this comes from generational trauma mixed with my upbringing. It used to be that I, with my dad, the only time I would get love from my dad is if I was achieving things. That's the only time I could see a sparkle in his eyes or see him be proud of me or get a hug or have him say anything nice to me was if I was achieving and being successful. Hence the fact I'm overachiever and a workaholic. Um, with my mom, the admira admiration and love came from my mom when I was doing things for her. Do you see, like, if you think about the way your parents show love, this is like how we learn to receive love. And so when I got into intimate relationships, it was always, my focus was always on what can I do for them? What can I do for them so I can get love? And so I would make dinner. I would plan the dates. I would give them back rubs. I would give the most amazing blowjobs ever. Like, that's how I knew to get love. And there was even a time recently before I really, this big flip for me was I was with somebody and I was like feeling a little star for love. And I realized that my thought pattern had gone to something really weird. I realized this today when I was really digging into my past and they really wanted kids. And I don't, I've never wanted kids, like never. Like there's only been a few moments where I was like, that would be cute. And then my brain goes back to like, oh, I don't want to do that. But with him, he wanted it so bad. And I could see the love he had for kids and all that stuff. And that was his big desire and whatever. And so for, it was probably like a week or something, maybe two weeks. I was like, oh, if I had a kid, I would get so much admiration, ad admiration and love from him because I would have given him something he wanted. Fuck, bitch, no, shut up. 
Like, is that what you want? Um, and so I realized that I was with these guys because when you start dating with that mindset and you're like, oh, I'll just go into this relationship and I'll give, give, give because that's how he'll love me. And you start with that, you're just going to inherently end up dating guys that are like into that. And there's going to be more guys that, especially nowadays, there's more guys that take from women than they give. And so if you go in with that and the guys are just going to be like, oh, it's perfect. She's giving me so much. And then if you stop giving him what he wants, he'll throw a big fit or he'll guilt you about not doing it. And then you feel like you're, then you feel guilty. But if you start in relationships, start the relationship with sitting back and not giving so much, inherently that's the, he's going to have to come, he's either going to have to come forward and provide, or you're just going to end up not working out with that person because you're not given enough and they want more. And you're just like, I'm not doing that. So now when I started dating again, I went into the mindset of like, I'm literally going to just deal with the fact I feel selfish right now, but I'm going to stand here and do nothing. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to try this out. And it attracted the most wonderful men that would like pay for the dates, that would plan things, that would provide and be wanting to give to me. And that's so counterintuitive to the way I was raised, where I was like, I need to be an independent woman and provide for myself and blah, blah, blah. And so then I ended up providing and being moms to all these men. But now I hold my own and I don't provide for a man because I believe that they should be able to provide for women. And it's just been like a light switch. Okay, number five, I take accountability for my part in the breakdown of past relationships. I don't talk poorly of my exes and neither should he. So when I'm dating, like with you guys, I'll share these stories, but you're not going to hear me like, like bashing someone's character or slandering someone. I'm not even dropping names, honestly, because it's not about getting back at them or calling them out. This is about learning. This is about learning what went wrong in the relationship and what my part is and how I can move forward and how you guys can learn from my mistakes and learn forward or (laughs) yeah, fall forward learning like the book, uh, learn moving forward and dating and switch your mindset and habits around dating as well, because it really has changed so much in my life. Like I said, in the last episode, I was, I had plans to be single and I was like, just going to date and like practice these things through dating. But when I came to Quevedo, I came here because I was heavily disrespected by an ex at a party. I haven't shared you the story yet. Okay. We're going to share a story now. The reason I came to Quevedo is, um, six weeks ago, whatever, I was at a birthday party with one of the women, the couples from salsa school. And my ex-boyfriend was there and he wasn't supposed to go. He said he wasn't going to go, but he showed up last minute and he brought four or five other women from a different salsa school. And he proceeded to sit right next to me. And he talked to me a little bit, was like friendly, but he went around and was like super overly friendly with all these women. And it just made me super uncomfortable. That's not the worst part of it. The worst part of it is that the day before him and I had seen each other, um, in the street and we had this conversation he did this whole, like, 
very toxic, guilting thing where he was like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. This has been the hardest six months of my life. I started going to see a psychologist because I realized that I had done, I was just a bad boyfriend and I'm going to do anything I can to get you back. And it was just like all these lovely things. And I was like the whole time, okay, I'm listening, but I don't know, you know, I don't really want to get back together with you, but maybe we can be friends and just like see how the future goes and maybe you've changed. I don't know, but like, I didn't really have any intention of being with him again. But at this party, it was just so clear that nothing had changed because he came, sat, sat right next to me, all these other women. Um, then when the music started, when we were together, he always obviously asked me to dance first, but tonight, that night, even a day after he'd said all those lovely things, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to fight to get you back. He asked every single other woman at the table to dance before he asked me. And it really hurt me. It felt like a big stab. Like I was, I felt like I was being made a joke, like it just did not sit right with me. And maybe there was a slab of like jealousy because that was like, that was like us. We were, you know, it was like the nostalgia was like setting in or whatever. So I left the party early and it, I was just so frustrated by the whole situation. I was like, I'm just going to like go on a trip. <laughs> Another friend of mine was going to Quebecero to see his family. It wasn't something I could like go along with. I wanted to, but I just booked the trip myself and I came here because I also knew that this was going to become another like toxic cycle with him because he hadn't been going to any of the salsa classes or any of the socials or literally anything until I got back. So then now he was showing up at all the classes. He was showing up and I was just like, I don't want to deal with you and your toxic drama. I'm just going to go do my own thing. And so when I came here, I had no intentions of dating, but of course a week and a half went by and I was like, I'm just going to see what kind of guys are in Caretro. Cause I hear there's like lawyers and doctors and professionals and stuff. <laughs> so I just started like having conversations and getting to know people and none of them invited me to go and go and meet them except for this one guy. He was a musician and he was like, I told him I was leaving in a few days because I was supposed to only be here for a week and then extend it for two weeks and then for a month and now five weeks. <laughs> but he was like, oh, am I going to be able to see you before you leave? And I was like, yeah, why not? And I was like, when? And he's like, tonight. I was like, cool. So we went and we met at a garden. We like wandered around. I was like, I could, I really like a glass of wine. So he found a restaurant that had wine and we had wine. He had a beer and we just chit chatted and it was really lovely. And at the end of the night, he walked me home, gave me the nicest hug ever. And then we slowly just started seeing each other. <laughs> it just started out being friends and now it's kind of official, which is a little bit crazy, but it, and I'll talk about this more in the, in future future, um, uh, podcast episodes, but it's, this is different. I can tell like, this is something where, like most of them are like, he's different. Like, no, it's, it's, this is actually something different because, and I can tell that my, I, I've recovered from the anxious attachment style. I can tell that 
I'm super conscious of when the, the trauma and anxiety comes up from other things. I can tell that our values are aligned. We have a similar lifestyle goal that we have similar interests. So being together is just so easy. Like it just works so well. And I'm so shocked by it. One of the big things that I noticed about this relationship and I've been applying these rules. These are rules that I applied to the the start of this relationship. And that's why I'm sharing them with you with the story, because with these rules, I was able to find healthy love quickly because through the conversations we had on the app, through the conversations we had on WhatsApp, through the conversations we had in person and the habits that I've been applying through these things, it's really everything that I ever wanted. And it's just so incredibly easy. Granted, we've only been seeing each other for three, almost four weeks now. And, but we've seen each other a lot, spent the night, been on trips. I've been to some of his shows and concerts. Like it's really interesting. And I'll talk more about this and how this, this switch happened and why I believe it happened. And I want to share with more people because it's so incredibly empowering. And so stay tuned for the next episode. I'm going to share the next five uh, standards of dating that will radically change your, your relationships and your dating life. So let's go. Let's, let's do this. I'll talk to you next time.